on a strawberry. Listen, okay. listen. Oh, did you hear the the spit that is gathered in my retainer as I said strawberry? No, I didn't. I can't say it properly. Strawberry. Oh, that was alright. It's yeah, the thing up. about retainers, like I just a lot of saliva ends up trapped underneath Oof. the retainer. Oof. So then I've got to like suck and swallow. It sounds disgusting, but like mm -mm, mm -mm. if I don't there'll be a build up and it will like bubble as I talk. Wait, so you I don't think my retainers like fit me properly or some shit? No, they definitely don't. If you're sitting there like I hope there's not sec I hope there's not points in the podcast. I see you just like I hear that. And I'm like, I I know exactly what the fuck just happened. And I've gotta edit that. Anyway, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Tank. Um We've made it through the wonderful world of body mods and now on to a new topic today we are very happy to be talking about bigfoot um big feet yetis sasquatches this is one for a wild whatever card species you want to call them uh we'll probably end up on the topic of other mythological creatures other creatures known in folklore and whatever else we get onto. Yeah, so what we were talking about, we didn't, or I honestly didn't know Bigfoot was folklore for the mm -hmm. most part. I didn't either. Yeah, that's what we were discussing the other day. It was like preparing for the podcast. It's like, wait, Bigfoot's folklore. We thought it was like more of a conspiracy. Did we think it was conspiracy theory? I thought it was conspiracy. I thought that someone had just sort of breathed this thing to life this and myth to life caught on yeah yeah i mean in uh, thank essentially though isn't that what folklore is someone sort of creates a story and yeah I, that pretty much it i forgot the uh i didn't i don't remember the full origin of the um folklore but it said it dates back very very far um so i mean it's like we were talking about, these things change over time. I mean, it's been multiple, multiple years since. It's been hundreds yeah, of see, years. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting for the folklore of Bigfoot to have been going for so long. I thought it was a fairly modern thing. Yeah. A fairly recent thing that sort of came around as technology and cameras and stuff like that. And people in ape costumes and i mean trying to scare people in the woods i mean think about it like we both grew up about like we both grew up at the same time where those bigfoot shows were real popular on tv we even talked about this before how we both grew up watching mm -hmm. these bigfoot like these bigfoot hunter shows and stuff you know what i mean it's like will yeah. they find him this week and it's like it felt no they don't no they don't <laughs> sorry spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert they don't find him but it's like that was always like it was like always so interesting to watch. I feared Bigfoot growing up. Like I was terrified. Like those shows had me like sitting there like quivering. I'm like a child sitting there. They are the worst to watch when you're just about to go to bed. Yeah, honestly. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I remember this one instance. It was like 1130. I was about to go to bed. And this one episode, this girl was depicting a story of her going out into the woods and seeing Bigfoot. And the show had a three... A, cgi bigfoot just appear mm -hmm. i've never run out of the out of the tv room faster in my life like 
I was petrified looking into that game. That's terrifying. Looking... What, like a jump scare? Like, just... Yeah, it's like... It, this just pop up. The suspense music built up. It was like, dun, 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 boom. And I bolted like lightning. I was like, no, we're done. Oh, God. It's crazy, though, how they, like... How they've built it up over the years. And now it's just, like, non-existent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, I didn't feel Bigfoot growing up. Uh, however, I did watch those shows. My dad uh, was always a big fan of them. Still is. He watches a lot of like just Bigfoot podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and uh, but instead, mine was a chupacabra. Oh god! I think I showed you yeah. a picture of a chupacabra. But for those of you that don't know, a chupacabra is known in I think um, Puerto Rican kind of folklore um vampirism it's, it's this weird creature and it's got big fangs and it's kind of like really wrinkly and hairless and it's just it's so creepy and i remember watching a show on it when i was younger i think it was a weekend night and i was allowed to stay up a little bit later so it was just on the tv and it gave me nightmares i had to sleep with the light on it terrified me ever since i was like nope like chupacabra Mm -mm. imagine a hairless bear but like 10 times scarier you know what i mean like hairless bear long teeth but like skinnier and kind of just shriveled something out of a fever dream (laughs) honestly definitely uh speaking of which you mentioned vampirism what is that exactly i'm not too familiar with it so vampirism in the case of the chupacabra is that it will attack uh, livestock, animals like that, cows, goats, whatever, um, but it will suck the blood, basically, kind of the same way that mosquitoes get their food source, um, or vampire bats as well. They bite into, like, a cow or a horse, and then they will, like, lap the blood that spills out. Because they have um, something in their... It's either their saliva, or they have some kind of, like venom or something or not a venom but they have something that basically means that the blood doesn't coagulate once the puncture's been made which means that the blood doesn't clot the blood doesn't stop and it's just constant food source then okay we were talking about Mm -hmm. how we thought it might be just like a d like not a de-evolution but like a stage back in the evolution process of humans like could there be differing could they do things we couldn't I mean, not necessarily, but, like, with... Um, see, it's a difficult one. I am no scientific specialist, but if you believe in Darwinism, then obviously you know about evolution from monkey to man. Um, and kind of in the middle, more towards the end of man, there's this humanoid, ape-ish kind of hybrid homo erectus i think is probably one of them i don't know we're homo sapiens neanderthals is one of them um they probably could do things that we can't do now i would presume that because um of the time zone that they had to have been around they would have needed to be stronger than we are more durable we I feel like are gonna devolve or we're not gonna evolve past where we already are 
because we have houses we have a steady food source for the most part and a, a water source and a form to hygiene and um you know and places to sleep that's safe so right. there's not really much in the way of like natural risk for us that isn't weather-based anymore and they they other are than a lot each other yeah they're a lot taller and stronger than the average like uh, for example a bigfoot a bigfoot is mm-hmm. on average a lot taller than man just the average man yeah. it's so it's like when you mention our stability and our comfort it's like compare comparing them to us it is a very very big difference it's like mm-hmm. they have to survive not only in the wild but like it's literally how we how we come up where our environment you know what i mean our environment makes us essentially and i mean it's exactly that if you look in the animal kingdom um like you know this is kind of a an off the topic but in a way relevant you don't really usually see in a natural occurring instance of animals suffering with obesity it is only when it is held in captivity like in a zoo or in a in a zoo kept as a pet as like a just a um you know people that have i don't agree with it but people that keep exotic animals and stuff like that tend to be quite gluttonous and so Imagine these having animals bigfoot tend as a pet. to be overweight <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey if bigfoot's real i'm sure if you like just made a dark room <laughs> and put some comfy things to sit on it'd be all right give him some books maybe he pick up maybe he pick up a book backwards <laughs> i don't think he would know how to read he used to be ex- i could imagine a bigfoot examining a book like you know what i mean he's like what is this <laughs> he'd just be holding it like it would... interesting you know what i mean yeah you, you feel what i mean he's like what the hell is this <laughs> or or and you just end up throwing it or something i would imagine you have to keep it very like like low-key low-profile though like if you if you were to have a bigfoot you would be like it's et you can only know about this thing (laughs) yeah like if anybody knew if bigfoot exists then i um i refuse to think that someone doesn't know about it if he exists if bigfoots exist if sasquatches yetis whatever you want to call them if they exist i think someone out there knows oh yeah someone out there has seen one or has interacted with one and just we, they won't come forward we've, they're just sitting on it yeah we've also talked about the possibility that they were a thing and they've just went extinct in like not recent times but like over the past few um what is it centuries i think well i mean we talked about the possibility of um unicorns existing oh god the possibility like, how uh, plausible could that actually be? And I mean, if you look at it like this, let's say hypothetically unicorns were around back when there were dinosaurs. Um, then, or maybe just a little bit after, realistically, their horns should have decayed by then and should have. Uh, cease to exist with the rest of its remains other than the skeleton because it you 
the horn should be made out of the same thing um, as the nails, the teeth, and the hair will be made out of, which eventually decay anyway. So it could just be that we find a horse skeleton. Yo, imagine an... No proof of a horn because it's decayed, because it's not bone. And then, no, it's just a horse. I think it's archaeologists. Like, imagine just being out there, like, how they dust things through the dust or the Mm -hmm. sand. And it's like, you come across these... The pattern of a horn. No, 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 no. Just imagine, like, finding, like, these bones. Like, I'm on to something. It's a horse, Mm -hmm. but it was actually a damn unicorn. It's, like, the biggest finding of their life, and there's just no horn. It's like... There's no horn. There's no proof of the horn. So you're just like, oh. I think the biggest thing that was offsetting me, not offsetting, but it was like that kind of, it's like that string of hope that I'm holding on to that, hey, maybe it may have, mm-hmm. may have existed. It's like, you said Scotland is, that's their, not mascot or something like that. Yeah. The unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. So that kind of like holds me on to like thinking, Maybe, maybe they know something we don't. <laughs> maybe the past. Yeah, unicorns are very predominant in Scottish folklore, which it was to my surprise. Um, I didn't think that the origin of scorpion, uh, not scorpions, <laughs> of unicorns, or at least the uh, focal point of where it came from and where it's most predominant in folklore would be Scotland. Yeah. Um. That also brings me to another point, how... Bigfoot's believed to be folklore between the American and Canadian people. I think it was Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quote me on that, however. Uh, but jumping over to the Yeti, he's the abo- <laughs> the abominable snowman. He's more of a, um Eastern type of... Uh, he's more Eastern folklore, I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Colder areas. Yeah. Uh, what would that be? Russian folklore, potentially. Mount Everest. I f- Ah, damn, I forgot where Mount Everest We literally did this research, uh, what was it, two weeks ago. Abominable snowman folklore. Uh, the Himalayas, so a range of mountains over uh, Asia. Yeah, so more eastern. Uh, yeah. I've seen the Yeti in the um, Sasquatch being... To best. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen the Yeti in the... Um, Sasquatch been in comparison a few times and it's like they're not very much alike however there's like these areas with their own kind of not mythos but like exotic creatures like we had Bigfoot mm-hmm. and um I, I assume Mount Everest had the Yeti for some reason again I was like eight or nine uh and then there's just multiple other ones just like that there and that there and it's like it makes no sense now, growing up. It's like, how are you going to compare Bigfoot to Yeti? Well, are they not just similar, but um, a kind of this difference between a grizzly and a polar bear want... <clears throat> well, that's true. ...is a lot more suited for colder environments. I think it's because I assumed the Abominable Snowman to be a monster more than a... Uh. Uh, I didn't assume Bigfoot to be a monster, more just like a bear to me. Like a, like an right. overgrown bear, like, and then the abominable snowman was a monster. Maybe I just watched too much Scooby Doo growing up. <laughs> I think so, because yeah, the abominable snowman is folklore. Yes, he is also folklore. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it it would make sense how they could be compared now or seeing mm-hmm. it now, more or less. See, the first instance I had with abominable snowman 
were not uh it was not scooby doo it was monsters inc oh so i never feared the abominable snowman he i thought he was gonna bring me snow cones dude there was a scene in cars the ending of cars and it's mm -hmm. like uh like literally the end credits he's like snow cones anybody and <sighs> that that's they always look so good right like i don't even like lemon but i would eat that dead ass it's like and just wasting them throwing them <laughs> on sully's hairy back like oh my god what a waste like come on man share <laughs> gosh I, I used to unlock the memory I forgot I had. Oh, yeah. The thing about Disney movies to me growing up, though, is, like, I never grew up on the old Disney movies. Like, I watched Snow White. I watched... I think Cinderella's the one that stuck with me. The mo Not Cinderella. Mm -hmm. uh, Beauty and the Beast. And, like, I grew up on Cars and The Incredibles and Monsters, Inc. Not Monsters, Inc. A Pixar kid. Yeah, a Pixar kid, literally. And it's, like... And Toy Story. Toy Story was the main one. I didn't realize oh, yeah. how old those movies actually are now. Like, Cars was 2006. I would have been four. And then... I would have been five. Yeah. Almost six. Right. So, I mean... And then I look back to, like, the old Disney movies. Like, the princess movies. And they're, mm -hmm. like, in, the, like, the 90s. I could have swore they were, like, the 70s. Snow White was made in the 40s. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like... Snow White is one of the oldest, I think, like, watchable, documented... Um... Animations? Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. Snow White. Um, okay, yeah, so Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is a 1937 American animated musical fantasy. 1937. I mean... Yeah. I think, what movie was it? Most of the movies they're remaking now, like Beauty and the Beast, they're not... How how old is Beauty and the Beast? Before I go off rambling about that. Um, well, Cinderella is nineteen fifties. Sheesh. Beauty and the Beast is nineteen ninety one. Okay, so yeah, that's like I said, that's what kind of caught me off guard. Like most of those movies that have been being remade are like throwing me because like I could have swore they were just as old as like Cinderella or um, uh, Snow White, and these movies. Nope were literally developed like maybe five or ten years before i was born and i was like mm -hmm. i grew up under the impression they're kind of old so when i was like as i got like 14 15 i was realizing these movies are kind of getting old i'm like i'm only on the brink of it too i didn't watch the incredibles though until i was like hell i don't know 15 <laughs> that's that's one thing I, I never watched the incredibles movie fully i never got the hype You've never watched the entire thing? I mean, I've watched the entire thing. Oh, okay. Like, I went... But, like, not until you were older. Yeah. That's one of the... Oh. There was, like, that pre... Oh, my God. A fever dream from the Tinkerbell movie, or Peter mm -hmm. Pan movie. It's, like, that reel of, like, the 3D clips and stuff. They had... Or mm -hmm. CGI clips and animations. It's, like, The Incredibles was one of them. And it was, like... I'll never get around to watching that, but I love the, um nostalgia it gave me that scene yeah yeah oh my god do you regret like not watching it when you were younger though because i feel like it is very much a like as much as i love it and i have my reasons for loving it but it is like it is very much a kid superhero film like i've grown from incredibles to like marvel but i made that like jump yeah you know i mean it seems like a reasonable jump to believe to be honest i mean i watched it in a time period where like, I was in, like, not involved with the internet, but I was around the internet. So it was like, mm -hmm. I kind of. Memes. Yeah, I do kind of regret it 
in a sense because I didn't get to experience it like everyone else talks about it. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I do regret it. However, I'm glad I watched it to a point where I could understand it in a sense. Yeah. Like, I can go back and watch it now and understand it to a degree I didn't understand it before. Right. But I also understood it to a higher degree than I would have at, like, like as a kid. The age. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, though, I feel like that kind of ruins it. Like, uh, in some instances it ruins it, in other instances it doesn't. Because oh, no, yeah, definitely. You have a very different experience viewing films through the eyes of an innocent child and as the eyes of an adult. Because when you're an adult, you pick up on the jokes that they leave in for the adults, the sexual jokes and the the extra hidden bits that the kids don't get and completely flies over their head. But you're there and you're like, yeah, yeah, SpongeBob, I do know what you mean. <laughs> And I think you're a naughty sponge for doing that. It's like the bliss of like actually getting to go to the movie theater as a kid. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, like you're sitting there in awe at this, at this whole thing. It's just like in an immersive experience. I think. So yeah, that that honestly would make a lot of sense. Like, oh god, now I'm I'm going to go cry myself to sleep tonight because I didn't get to watch The Incredibles as a kid. Oh <laughs> god. See, what I will say, I. As much as I rave like The Incredibles, it isn't my favourite Pixar film. I am and forever will be a Monsters, Inc. kid at heart. Oh my goodness. Monsters, Inc. for me, the first one. University was okay, but like the first Monsters, Inc. film, that will forever be like my just... Um, my, my childhood film. I think it's the best Pixar film to have ever come out um, so far. However... The Incredibles gives me extreme, like, comfort zone kind of thing. Because I remember back when I was younger, um, I had to do an EEG, which is this cap that they put on your head with a bunch of, like, wires that go out of it. It kind of looks like a funky Professor X hat from X-Men. Right. And I just had to sit there and watch something that would be able to retain my attention for long enough that they could do brain scans. Because when I was younger, I had childhood absence epilepsy, which, uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, or I think it's also known as petty mouths or something like that, it's not a full form of epilepsy. Um, you have what's known as like absent seizures so instead of like having um, uncontrollable body movements and stuff like that um, my eyes would kind of roll to the back of my head and I would just like I just nobody was home you know the light was on but nobody's there you could be like Heather Heather nothing no response I'd just be sat there eyes rolled back and then I'd come back around and I'd be like huh what happened exactly sometimes i would remember um but sometimes it had its moments where it was like dangerous when you're crossing a road and stuff like that if you were to just oh um but i had it when i was very very young it's a lot more common in children than people think it means that you're more prone to developing um the more like common severe types of epilepsy further down the line but it is treatable would you have i to... haven't had anything since like i am not on ed- any medication i haven't had an absent seizure since i was maybe like pff, 10 11 would you have to i want to say like monitoring to make sure that isn't like developing as you get older though like the um 
I haven't had a neurology appointment since my last one. Uh, my last one was when they basically did the checkup after they took me off the medication. So they put me on this absolutely disgusting liquid medication and I couldn't hack it. I didn't want it. I would have honestly, child Heather would have rather have had the absence seizures than have to drink that medicine. It was vile. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> the absolute like it wasn't painful or anything like i was just sat there chilling so it wasn't really like it affected me in, in any way um apart from when i once wanted to go to a zoo or no i went to a zoo on a school trip and they wouldn't let me in the bat enclosure because they were worried that i would like midway walking through the bat enclosure i don't know if in zoos in the u.s you have this but in the uk there's these big like almost kind of warehouse buildings and you can go into and the bats are just free flying in the dark no but oh what yeah the that's hell? like super common at loads of zoos it's cool i got pissed on once though by a by a bat yeah peed on my head yeah uh no we don't have that but there are a lot of um caves that you can just there's there's literally a cave like 10 miles from my house you can just walk in and there's bats oh you go you go in about you go in about 500 yards and you see a bat and it's like what's good my dude and it's like come down and slap you in the face or something see the my granddad has a pond in his garden on my mum's side so they'll get fruit bats that would like fly over sometimes yeah when before i moved recently um there were bats in our neighborhood they were really bad they lived in our chimney and Mm -hmm. we had to like get it cleared out but they would just keep coming back and it was against my wall unfortunately oh so it proposed a health risk and (laughs) we had to continue to deal with that however um i would hear them chirp and mate it it was it was a rather interesting experience to say the least um i can't say i've ever experienced or heard what a bat mating would sound like you don't wanna because and and a lot of times it was very disrupting. I oh like I can imagine. I'm just trying to sleep. I, I <laughs> no respect. God damn it. I'm trying to record. They don't care. I you could just like slap on the wall. You could hit a wall with a pillow and it's like they shut up. Hey keep hey keep it quiet in there. God damn it. I'm trying to record a YouTube video. Um. No, it it was super strange. That brings me back to the zoo though. Like. Our zoos are, I guess our zoos would be very different. You said you have a warehouse as a zoo? Or? No, I it, the bat enclosure. Oh. So, like, we, um, I, I guess the easiest one that I can, like, describe and show to you is the one that I went to and kind of, like, have been going to, like, since I was a little, little kid. Like, almost family tradition to go. Right. And it's called um, Chester Zoo. And it is, like amongst one of the biggest zoos in the uk and they have um this bat house basically and this is what it looks like let me show you my screen usually it's darker than this and they will just be free flying all around here and you just walk through. Okay, so when you describe the warehouse to me, for some reason I imagine like a warehouse you would find in like the Dorset side of Chicago. 
see like technically it looks like a warehouse from the outside but it's not like it doesn't look like that from the inside it's like a like enclosure can... almost yeah okay so you like you can see them like hanging upside down that's pretty interesting. on trees and like oh no that would see f- them fly and stuff like that like my granddad once took an infrared camera in and just so that he could see them flying around that would be so cool because like it was it was very cool like i mean i assume infrared is like the uh heat visual camera like you can read heat signatures um, or yes yeah. i think so um or at least like night vision yeah, yeah yeah something like that that would be so neat to see like just to walk in and like it feels like you're walking in looking through a cod scope <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean that would be so unreal almost but yeah it was uh, but as a kid i wasn't allowed in um or at least when i was younger because they were worried that i would just like not well wouldn't you be walking uh, just i just i would be but because it would be dark i suppose they wouldn't see me like just go absent so i would just stand there and then they might just leave me in Uh. the back enclosure just stood there by myself and then i'll come back around and i'll be like oh where is everyone you know i think i had a Uh, very very rare fear of bats growing up maybe not very rare but um i've always had sort of long hair since uh since i was about nine years old so it was like mm-hmm. that my family was always like getting like i guess as a tease like getting inside before dark before the bats nest your hair Ooh. and i'm like now that i'm older it's like been nine ten or nine nine ten years yeah it's like why the hell were they trying to traumatize me? <laughs> like, the bats aren't going to land and nest in my hair. Like, they they barely swoop down at you anymore. It's like, not anymore, but they barely swoop down at you. They just come by. You know what I mean? It's like... Parents say the weirdest things to, like... Get at their kids. To you when you're younger. Oh, my God. Like, I, I remember when I was younger. I don't know who it was. Um, I remember distinctively a family member, and I know now why they did it, because uh, it's obvious why they did it, but um, I remember when I was younger, someone told me that the ice cream van, when music played, it was out of ice cream. Dude. So, for so long, I thought, oh, it's making noises out. No, no way. And I don't know who told me, but somebody led me to believe this. And oh. so it wasn't until I then got corrected and I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, when it makes noise, it means it's like, come buy ice cream. And I'm like, oh. How old were you when you realized this? Because that would be like... Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I knew in America that when it made noises, it meant come get ice creams. Because I thought it was different. <laughs> Because I see it in films, and I thought, like, oh, yeah, you know. So you thought only in the UK? <laughs> I just thought maybe only in the US that they have it where music plays to come and get ice cream. That's terrible. Have you ever got ice cream from, uh, like, an ice cream truck, though? No. <laughs> no. no. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to no. get you to, a, like... Okay, here's one thing. They always had them on the field at sports day or, like, occasions, but I just, like, I always forgot to just bring cash, so I never got one. That's the thing. I've gotten, like, I've gotten ice cream from an ice cream stall and, like, stuff like that. Like, I've had a Mr. Whippy ice cream. Yeah. But, like, have I ever um, seen an ice cream van pull up, gone and just, like, 
no i feel like that's a part of childhood that i um that i missed yeah i kind of can relate to that though because ice cream trunks aren't as common as i'd like as as they were in like the in the 70s or 80s it's kind i won't say it's stereotypical but it's like it's like a very like commonly believed thing that on every street on every suburban street in america there is an ice cream truck just running around but um unfortunately that's just blaring that music yeah unfortunately that's not really the case um for our town specifically there was this van (laughs) that would just travel like it was literally just a tease i don't know why they fuck i don't know why they fucking did it but they would just they would ride around with ice cream trucks slapped on the side with red rims and like (laughs) like bubblegum like bubblegum stickers on the side and they just play the music. Oh. They'd go on the main street. They just play the music. They were coming back from sporting events is what they were doing, but they'd go through towns. Uh, They're not even selling ice cream. They just go, yeah. they'll slow go down roads. <laughs> and it's like... Playing the music? Yeah. And then they'll just go... Oh, so they were doing what I was told that they get yeah. that gets done. Yeah, they're just slow driving down roads, and they're just playing the music. Wow. No ice cream, and they just go on. And it wasn't until I was about 13 that uh we moved to um my last house and there was a, they started up an actual ice cream truck service and i never saw that metal van again in my life and we we um we were able to actually get ice cream from the actual van once or twice but it was so expensive it was it was ridiculous it was insane damn i remember um i was like this is what childhood feels like and then i just ima- imagine that damn metal van i'm like Never again. No. Descriptions, content, all space. You good? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, am I... <laughs> Are you okay? Wait, never... <laughs> yeah. I've never done that around you before. No, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I click my neck all the time. Dude. I. It was yeah. firm. I was like, holy shit, yeah. she just snapped her neck. That was... <laughs> <laughs> How loud was it? Loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like if I don't like you know if I leave it for like half a day or a day or whatever, like it will be a loud click, like clicking my knuckles as well. Like I can. Whoo! That fucking jump scared me. That <laughs> I. St- I used to be able to do both sides, but. Yeah, that was uh, what was it? This finger right here. It's it's messed up. Oh no, it was this thumb. I used to be able to just like mm-hmm. I could constantly click it like this. I just like pull on it, oh. and click, click, click. Isn't that how you dislocate it though? I'm not sure because it was like popping the joint. I was constantly pop the joint. Isn't that what dislocation is? Popping it out of the joint. Oh uh, no, it's like cracking it, like cracking your knuckles. Oh. But I was cracking your thumb. Just con- I could I could sit there and do it for like maybe five minutes before it just stopped making noise. <laughs> See, my weird thing that I could do with my hands when I was younger, I can still do it. Um, oh my god. My sister can do that, and it is the scariest shit to me. What? How? how? Like, okay. eh. it's, it's weird, because, like, um, your body, like, technically you have control over these parts, because when you fully, like, clench your fist, these parts of, like, this this part of your finger bends anyway but not many people are used to having the functionality of just being able to move the tips of their fingers so if i were to hold my finger still and like eh, 
that is exactly how I taught myself to do it because my mum could do it and I I thought it was cool so I was like oh I want to learn how to do it so I just like I would do that and then one day I could just do it myself so now I can just bam 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 huh I would be almost scared that if I did that first and then tried to bend the middle part it would like fuck up my finger oh (laughs) I I do that a lot sometimes like it all um like it all like kind of like go in what the hell oh my god that is like it's the worst with the pinky because the pinky one like oh is the most like like a like it factory resets almost oh my god that looks so unreal almost (laughs) god that no that's what i was thinking about with um bigfoot because like you said from monkey to man it's like monkeys are able to do a lot we're not like Mm -hmm. like uh not acrobatically but like well Uh, well i mean they have um more dexterity in their feet than we do yeah and um i i could i could sit and watch um a monkey just do things for hours on us that's one thing i Monkeys are so fascinating, aren't they? Yeah, I was like, I was, I was thinking, it's like I'm sitting here thinking about, this, how do I word? I just love watching monkeys just do them. I um, oh, I wasn't gonna get into this topic, so I was uh, do you know what? We'll get into this topic another time when the episode arrives. But I was just with my housemate, um, and it was just before christmas or just after christmas i don't remember exactly but we were uh we had ordered food and we were just watching monkey documentaries it was very funny at the time were you high i mean i wasn't gonna say it like they're so much more fascinating when they're stoned you know yeah i mean I wouldn't know. Well, I mean, you wouldn't know, but uh, they are. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll assure you they are. I could imagine, though, because... um, I have some good recommendations if you need them. There's a specific one on Disney+. Plus. It's called... Um, it's a National Geographic one, and it's called, like, Monkey Kingdom or something. Yeah, I found myself watching a lot of those Disney document Not... Yeah, those Disney documentaries. Bef- yeah, the Nat Geo Disney documentaries. Yeah, before all the shows and stuff came out, like in the upcoming weeks for the for the Mandalorian, I was like, mm-hmm. I have the subscription. That's, that's all I would watch before WandaVision and all of the Marvel content came out. It was just animal documentaries. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, I have this Disney Plus subscription, and I'm not going to watch the Disney movies I've watched 40 times ago, like 40 times over. It's like... Fuck it, let's watch a panda yeah. documentary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, all right, let's let's. I, I was into. It. I was like, let's learn. Let's like, you know. I was like, let let's see. Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> see, one of my personal favorites is it's called oh, Hitler Death Squad. No, that's what? not it. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> Sorry, I was so I'm scrolling through Disney Plus right now, and it's just a World War Two section, and it's just Hitler Youth. Hitler Death Squad, Dawn of the Nazis, just in a in a line, and then 9-11 Firehouse. Alright, I think we need to go back to monkeys. <laughs> Where's the monkeys? Um Wild Yellowstone is a very good documentary. I watched that. The the goat fighting scene is very cool, but they 
really made it dramatic for like no reason. I mean, I feel like that's all in that Geo. That that brings me back to television and how they like to um, like especially with the Bigfoot shows, everything was so done on. It's like yeah, they like to do it too on that Geo Wild. I mean, I get it. Like they're passionate about what they do over there in that Geo Wild. Um. I grew up every set. They're making cin- cinematography essentially out of uh, real life, like animal kingdom guff. Yeah, and they're very passionate about it. I grew up every Saturday, my dad would put on Nat Geo Wild. And he he generally wanted to teach us about these things. Like, I learned a lot about the um, outback from my dad, and mm-hmm. that knowledge is something that's invaluable, honestly, because um, Nat Geo Wild taught me a lot. Like, growing up, because um, being homeschooled, I didn't have that hands-on with most things. Like, we didn't get to go on field trips to the zoo or, like, a bunch of different stuff where we have a teacher, like, telling us different things about that. So it was, like, my mom would teach us what she could about it through the book, through her pamphlet and stuff. But having that, like, having my dad also be there, like, helping out was a big part. Like, especially with that type of subject, it was, like... I remember how it was also dramatic, though. And it was, like, mm-hmm. we'd laugh at the most serious parts of it, too, because, like, they'd have this, like, suspense build-up, and then these two, like, goats would headbutt each other, and it's, like, we had to start busting out laughing. <laughs> and it's, like, it was so dramatic for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, again, they're super passionate. It added comedic value. To us. I thought it was great, though. Yeah, to yeah. us. To us, it did, but I, I mean, I, I think it captured as well what they wanted to put across. Like, it had that um, kind of uh, more than just an animal documentary kind of th- thing to it. Yeah, I mean, if you were that, like, type of person, like, not type of person, but, like, that's what you find most interesting, where you can sit down and take mm-hmm. that very super seriously. Like, like I mentioned earlier, how when to sit down and learn about pandas, it's like, if you're that type of person, not all the time, but with your media and what you intake, it would make sense that you would enjoy something serious like that, something more mm. dramatic. And um, where they went crazy, though, is with the Bigfoot and the Yeti and the the more uh, the more um, conspiracy kind of based things. It's like especially with Bigfoot, though, because those document. I'm surprised they don't have any documentaries like that on Disney Plus. Any. Bigfoot documentaries? Bigfoot documentaries, yeah. The show I was on about was called Meet the Chimps. Interesting. Interesting. My stick twirling. I have it over there. You brought it in so I'm proud stick. last night. You, you were literally, yeah. you were like holding on to it. You're just so proud of it. I'm like, I want to ask. But then at the same time, I don't. Because I don't want her to like feel embarrassed. No, no, not at all. I take pride in my stick. That's where we differ because... Apart from when I... um hit my nose yeah. with it and my funny bone oh god that's i was spinning it and spinning it and it, so it was picking up speed obviously and then i just didn't move my arm in the right way quick enough and it smacked into my elbow full speed and i was just like ow yeah when i was um growing up i was like obsessed with like ninja stuff so i've always like mm-hmm. dreamed of having a sword and um Never dedicate myself to one, but when I start watching Star Wars, they have bows in Star Wars, bow staffs. So I have a stick out in the backyard. I just occasionally practice with, like twirl it behind my back, up around my head, bring it over and over, and you know what I mean. See, that's what I'm trying to teach myself to do with this stick. 
Yeah, no, but when we first moved here and everyone was like window peeping at like our shit, I'd be outside oh. and I'd be like twirling it. I'd be like really getting it though, and I just bop hit myself in the chin. And Ooh. the most embarrassing things when I went to go meet my neighbors and they're like, my daughter's my daughter my kids see you outside swinging your uh, stick all the time. They're like, is he a ninja? I'm like. And, and then she, like, explained how I hit myself multiple times with it. And I'm like, you don't have to say it. My mom's right god there. God damn, Karen. Like, oh, god. Jeez. The thing is. Way to ruin the fun, lady. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I know I'm being watched now. So I occasionally just go, like, if I want to, I'll go behind the building. And I'm like, I'll just twirl it here. No one can see me. Hopefully. See, I'm in the garage when I do it, so luckily I kind of have... Um, privacy. I have the building as privacy, but uh, I'm pretty sure the neighbour can see p- through part of the, like, the blinds, but... Um, what was the shit of I you can... scaring kids? Okay, so... Earlier, me and Mark were in the garage, and um, I had my stick, I was about to start twirling, and I was not about to let these little kids distract me. We also just didn't want to be disturbed because it's like a dirt path. So like kids are rarely down there anyway. But I could tell it was like kids that were just coming back from school because it was that kind of time. And I could hear them walking down. And me and my housemate, we both looked at each other. And we were like, shh. <laughs> and so we were listening to what they were saying. And they go, oh, do you know if we're even meant to be down here? And so I see that as the perfect opportunity <gasps> to scare the hell out of some little kids. You're evil. I, it, look, it sounds bad, but it was very funny. So I, I creep towards the door a little bit, and I just let out this, ah, just really, really loud. And then I hear nothing. No walking, no talking. Like, I think they're stuck in silence. So I try to creep <gasps> to the door and I, like, bang on the metal outside of the door because it's, like, a basically kind of a sheet of metal that goes over the garage. So I was, like, I banged on that a little bit and I could just hear running. <laughs> and I was, like... You just... <laughs> I felt bad afterwards, but it was funny. Like... Those kids never know to go near that block again in their life. <laughs> it's just a random, like, dirt path. It doesn't lead to anywhere anyway. Oh my! But yeah. God, growing up, where I my hometown, um, there was this bridge. Um, there was a bridge down the road. It crossed over a creek, and um, like we'd always ride our bikes down there. But it was kind of eerie because there was an abandoned plant down there, and mm-hmm. um, as a joke, my dad i think told us a story is like someone fell off the bridge and died and now haunts the the factory so we're if we're ever down that way as kids alone yeah it's like we hear anything coming from that plant it's literally lightning out of there as fast as possible Uh, yeah i can imagine on our bikes 30 miles an hour hitting like down that stretch it's like you better (laughs) <laughs> like you better get the hell out of there you know what i mean you you've just created that experience for those kids <laughs> to be fair i have that my own kind of experience with that um or with something similar in my hometown so there's this big i guess it's not really that big 
um but there's this large wooded area at the top of like the town you have to walk up like a bunch of hills to get to it um and like there's always the rumor and like shit posting spreading around on facebook saying oh um cultists keep out the woods at night people doing sacrifices like weird dodgy stuff it's also a commonly known dogging area um the car park of the woods and so um we thought that that was a perfect opportunity on uh my 18th or like a celebration for my 18th because i didn't have my id yet and some of my friends were younger than me so they still weren't technically 18 they were 17 so um i couldn't go out clubbing or drinking either um so we bought drinks i didn't drink because back then I i wasn't really a drinker and um there was like god five six of us it was a bunch of friends from college and we all just went to this the woods um they made a fire like not a bonfire but like a small fire so that we could like contain it put it out and stuff and um we kept hearing things oh mm-hmm but the night ended with someone driving on top of, or not driving on top of someone's roof. Someone sat on top of one of the cars while it drove. Interesting. That w- not me though. I wouldn't do that. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. I'd end up hurting myself. No, yeah, that would be like. God, it. All right. So, growing up, um, we were very like, r- I guess we were we were raised in the church, so um. We weren't mm-hmm. taught to fear death, but um, we had a neighbor. She was she was a nice old lady, older lady. She babysat us um, while my mom worked, and um, we'd like do our schoolwork, and then we'd help her with stuff around her place or something, or we'd go back home and we work on some of our stuff. But um, her and my mom were very good friends, so she would have like a fire going in her um, little chimney thing. I'm not sure what they call a chimney. She had a fire going in her chimney, and, um... <coughs> what? Are you... Oh. <laughs> Hello? I said it wrong, didn't I? <laughs> I thought I was gonna spit the water. <laughs> oh. That was the worst time to start drinking. Uh, chimney. Chimney? Chimney. Okay. So... She had a fire going in chim- chimney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about chimney. <laughs> chimney. I. <laughs> that was like chimney. I... Oh god. So, there was a point in my life though, as a kid, where I was terrified of the world ending. And mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily due to how I was raised in the church, but um, it more or less fueled that in a sense because... What, like a 2021 God's gonna smite you apocalypse Armageddon kind of world ending? Well, no. It was more or less uh, kind of like... I guess I feared death a lot back then, to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to die before I got to do everything I wanted to do. So the world ending right. kind of fucked with me. And, um, mm-hmm. I was a firm, like, believer it was a sign of the times, like, you know what I mean? This is, 
Y2K world ending bullshit. Computers go out, the world goes out. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't know how old I was at the time, but um, she was telling this story, and I remember I never looked at her the same after this, but um, we have a state park near us, or where I mm-hmm. used to live, we had it near us. Um, and she was explaining the story of her and her brothers coming, like they had crossed them out and they were coming back one night. And they, um, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Thank God I can see my surroundings because I'd be freaking out. But, um, she explained this story where, um, they saw a deer and it just kind of looked at them with like, like, it just looked it at them. And then like, it stopped them dead in their tracks because it just would not move and they didn't want to hit it. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I guess, I don't know if she was exaggerating or not, but like a flaming tire out of nowhere on this mountain just start tumbling after them. It was some strange shit. Like, it freaked me out as a kid. Like, and it chased them out of the hall. Out, they call it the holler here, which is the woods. Oh. Okay, so they chased them out of the holler, and, like, um, there was more to the story I don't personally remember. Um, again, this is just bits and parts of it, but I remember that story completely freaking me out. Like, it, it was dark. It was, um,. Two o'clock in the morning. I don't. I was. I don't know how old I was, but mm-hmm. again, I was like sign of the times kind of things. Like that's yeah. weird shit. You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't happen everyday life. So I was like, "Holy shit! This is kind of influencing that more." Like, is the world ending? And then yeah. Um, I'm very grateful that mindset did not stick with me because. Being a, I would not want to have that type of paranoia. No, I feel like uh, when you view the world like that, or when you view the world in a specific way, it can become restrictive on what you allow yourself to then do, or like how you allow yourself to be. Yeah, because if you're afraid of everything, then you're not gonna live your life to the fullest, or get everything that you could get out of life, or that you might want to get out of life, out of fear for whatever reason whether that's rejection or fear of something bad going wrong that's or I, getting haunted yeah i've noticed i've or injured or i mean I'm, if it's going to pose like a very serious risk on my life i won't necessarily <laughs> yeah. jump to it but like with this building and like with driving different cars like learning to drive a stick shift or like asking just simply for help my parents have a thing of not asking for help with things. Like, they can do it themselves, mm-hmm. which, okay, that's respectable. Like, they are very independent people. But, like, if I'm looking for something in a store, I'm going to ask for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not scared to do that. And it's like, like this building. I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to learn. And I, right. Because I want to take that experience with me. It's like I'm jumping to things that I wouldn't necessarily do many years ago it's like eh, i don't feel like doing i don't know how it's like i want to learn how you know what i mean i yeah i'm the exact same way like i have a, a bunch of um i have a list of like content i want to make or kind of avenues that i want to explore down and a lot of them will require a lot of skill but it's something that i'm really interested in so oh, i don't know why i said it like that then it's something that i'm really interested in so it's something that i don't mind putting the work in to learn like i want to learn how to be able to 
edit a movie trailer that is going to require a lot of training and a lot of watching and a lot of observation and note taking and practice um the same with figuring out how to make music like make make music not just play music yeah and a bunch of other stuff that i want to do but like if you want to do it don't let the fear of like learning how to do it hold you back like do it you know of course not and get your kick out of life do it you bring up a very important point too like um with the whole um sit down observing taking notes sure you can watch i know this is my uh with the previous video i edited on premiere pro it's like Mm-hmm. I learned these tutorials, how to edit these transitions, these slide-ins, these pop-ups, but, like, I'm literally cloning at that point. I have to yeah. find, I have to, I have to observe. Play around. Yeah. And apply what you've learned. To different areas. Like, I can, I, I sat here just the other day for, like, an hour or two just watching different YouTube videos. I'm observing how these people do their thing. And I'm, like, I'm finding mm-hmm. a sense how to do it on my own. And it's, like, I don't want to, of course, I don't want to copy no one, however of course i want to find innovative ways to make it unique to me and observing and taking notes and like it's like i look at somebody's clip i'm not trying to critique them it's like but how would i do that you know what i mean yeah and this podcast has been something i've also like i watch your edit and i watch mine i look back on my own edit and i'm like but i could have done that differently you know what i mean it's like the, the exact same with mine yeah it's like it's a learning process everything is and i'm you're not gonna be perfect everything overnight no no or straight away oh hiccup (laughs) straight away from the get-go it's not even about just being like perfect just like trying to find the style because Mm -hmm. even just with my content overall just like trying to find the style that makes me stand out that makes me that creator i see in my head that youtuber i see in my head that's like um shaping or helping change the world you know what i mean it's like how do i see you what is your style how are you changing the world yeah a hundred percent i mean i think something that's not really spoken about and i know this is kind of off topic but something that doesn't get spoken about often is branding is such a important part of um just building a presence on social media and trying to approach youtube and twitch or even tiktok for that matter with the intention of having it as a job it requires so much outlook on your branding because your branding like regardless of if you are playing an alter ego or a character or a person or a persona or you are just being authentically you like you need branding that will fit that and that will match that yeah and even if the branding is a style of editing or it's a set of graphics that you use as a logo or anything anything that it could be everything you know, plays on branding, itself too see luckily branding for mind tank wasn't actually as difficult um like i still struggle with how i want to brand myself on twitch and youtube i'm still like I have this book full of ideas and I think my branding idea page is the most empty of all of them so far. It but Mind Tank it was like I mean we did it all within one Discord session really, didn't we? Yeah, it was like it was like one Discord session figuring out like how we wanted to um present it, how we wanted it to be um proposed and then the next Discord session mm-hmm. was like literally all the graphics were done. 
we had like yep. we had a structure of how we wanted our season. It was that 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 four hour Discord call set up majority of half of the season. Not even kidding. It it was it's crazy. More than half of this season because oh, yeah. I think we established season one and then part of season two at that point. No, yeah, it it literally showed that it it showed me there was really no limit once you um once you dedicate yourself. This has been an experience since I switched to PC. Mm-hmm. I wish I was documenting it because a friend of my or yeah a friend of mine told me to start writing just to myself taking notes yeah and um i wish i had of because if i were to document the mind tank experience like from whether that be two weeks into development to now i've learned so much not only from the podcast but from the pc and like just my limits as a creator i'm i'm glad that you feel like that and that this experience like thus far has given you that because my worry was like we would not necessarily butt heads but we would struggle on finding like a style and the um i'm losing my train of thought like it's literally evaporating from my mind as i sit here i got you no i mean i feel what you mean though because not with the whole butting heads things but we are very we are two very different people Mm -hmm. on the brink of things our content is very different i'm very surprised how smoothly this has gone like um I, w- I not to say that it would go messy but... no, no 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 not at all but like it's like i felt like that would take more time than it necessarily did like i feared mm-hmm. thinking something out that also worked with uh branding and um copyright infringement too um mm-hmm. would play out a lot a longer over time i didn't think we'd get into this very as soon as we did or as soon as we had and um no, yeah, it's just been, like, I think that's the whole thing of having two minds working together on it. It's, like, 100%. we were very open with it. We had... With all possibilities and oh, yeah. just, you know, everything. I mean, they're, like, we had a completely different structure at one point for this season, and we were open-minded to mm-hmm. completely changing it, and um, that's just kind of how it's been, where we've been open-minded and... um very communication is not only listening some something that will stick with me that someone said communication is not only listening but talking it's like communication is discussing it is a conversation yeah that presents different ideas different topics different um points of views because we are two different people we're going to see things 100 very differently but in the end we were able to find the center point that we were both extremely happy with and i couldn't be happier with how this all came along Honestly. 100%. I mean, we've we've never really had, um, or I don't think we've ever actually in our entire like time of knowing each other had communication issues or like issues of not being able to like speak to one another or express um, our feelings or whatever. Because we naturally have a very, I would say, authentically comfortable kind of um, chemistry as as a partnership as a duo um like we we bounce off each other uh, but in a, a complimentary way no oh, yeah definitely um as for communication issues we come from various two different mm-hmm. parts of the world um well, not really but at the same time 
our our link we we come from different walks of life in a lot of ways though our, some similar some different our only communication issues have come with our lingo i think earlier was a good ex- uh 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 a good example of that because i said get my stuff together and you thought i meant something completely different and um it's more the way you worded it because you, the way you worded it it looked like you were asking me what i meant as if i said get your stuff together and i was reading through the combo and i was like but i didn't say that what's he on about no yeah it's part of how i talk if i, I think i mentioned this before if you talk to me off camera mm-hmm. me now is a completely different person <laughs> like it's not it's just how i hold myself how i want to hold myself yeah. it's like when i'm more relaxed it's like i i can i can be very um um upfront with things too it's like i have a different mm-hmm. approach to things that's that's i think it goes to show just how much i value this though just content creation as a whole yeah because like if i'm just relaxing and i i wouldn't meet i wouldn't meet a relaxing energy with this because of how i value it i want right. to i want to meet it with the most professional level i can and like again um back with the communication thing that's like we speak on a very um value met level it's like our um mm-hmm. how we treat this and how just conduct everything as a whole because yeah. i mean because we already knew each other and were already mm-hmm. like good friends from the start we already had that sort of level of respect which made it easy to kind of go into a working environment i feel yeah because it is very different to just hanging out with someone because there's a lot more to stress about and potential <coughs> to butt heads but it's making sure that you both are able to like express yourself in a healthy manner like talking and listening just as important as each other because it's important to be able to listen to what the other person has to say so that you can see other perspectives and other avenues and points of views and ideas but it's also important that you are heard and that your point is across because like you know it's nice to be heard yeah of course uh like we were talking about earlier the um how we view different pixar movies or just simply um different things like that how uh we go in a cave to see bats and how you Mm -hmm. have enclosures it's like um those are the type of conversations i love to have like experiencing in a different manner or hearing of a different yeah. experience um i learned the value it's nice to learn about other cultures and experiences i yeah i found myself diving deep into other cultures not diving deep but observing and just learning it's fascinating to see um just see the differences honestly like the different parts of the world and how um things are done differently honestly yeah but i mean i am glad that this experience overall just with the podcast has kind of left you feeling like you can do more and that you are like capable of more because i've like since we first interacted because we interacted uh through like this community and like being content creators it's the first thing i ever like saw of you and not james and like i already saw your potential from that and saw what kind of person you are and like and so the fact that i could help you see that for yourself just by doing this project with you like it it means more to me (laughs) as well than i think you would realize i mean um 
yeah no definitely this opens a lot of avenues not only just like as creators we were ta- we've talked about mm-hmm. this as creators avenues potential it's all op- this is a open door this is a step in this is like the first step into a larger perspective with um not just film but um different types of media in the world mm-hmm. um it's just how you approach it and how you want to um see it and it can just all start from making five ten minute youtube videos or streaming on twitch or one two three four five hours a day you know what i mean it's like this is a branch into a very large world and or a very large world of content creation and this podcast is a whole new avenue of exploring that it's like not the next step up but is exploring another step of it it does i mean for me at least it feels like a step up i was looking through an old twitter account that i had from like 2015 back for like when i first started my twitch and it was a tweet from like august 2015 of like come watch my advanced warfare stream um from playstation like the playstation tweet feature and i was like oh my god it's been like it's almost been five whole years you were since you're talking you were talking about um realizing potential or and all that but that's the thing like looking that's a prime example of like you're not your motivation but like your energy is like so pure it's like come watch my advanced warfare stream you know what i mean it's like come watch or come hang out get your popcorn you know what i mean it's like how you've Mm -hmm. developed over time with it it's like how you've approached it more comfortably now it's like it's yeah it's like two different points in time it's very fascinating i saw that on um i think it was snap earlier i was like that's crazy that's wild it's it's nice to see the like the jump that i've made because i am a very different person um like i've changed a lot a lot um more than i think uh most people between that time zone because over a five-year period i think i learned more about myself than i had in my entire life and i made a lot of like i guess um i had a lot of like soul searching and a lot of things to to deal with and to learn and so it's still a process but twitch has taught me so much through that and streaming and making content like i've you know uh when i was younger i didn't so much have problems with any kind of like anxiety performance wise like i was always i love being on the stage school plays were my thing (laughs) i even had like a singing number where i would sing solo in one of them when i was like uh god i want to say seven ish or something around that That age confidence is rare the little fir tree i loved it i loved it um and over over age uh, as hormones come in as you grow up and you start to you know notice more things about yourself and society becomes a little bit louder in your head um you become a little bit more self-conscious and a little bit more um insecure uh, which is what developed for me and I, twitch has allowed me to kind of take a step back and become that not child again but that performer that always just loved to to do it and didn't take it too seriously because I know that once I let go of the barrier that I have for myself 
I can reach my full potential, but right now that only barrier is just my um, fear or like worry of judgment yeah. and, and embarrassment, I guess, uh, of people not getting it. But I'm very lucky that I have a very uh, lovely and supporting, not only community, but family as well. They fully have supported every single step of this and have been amazing hype people to me which um could not be like anything more than a dream come true right so it's definitely helped me to just be like do you know what if you just let loose a little bit more like you know just remember like these people they don't care like they're they're there with you they're not there to laugh at you sort of thing and so like i don't mind being a goof anymore in front of the camera like i'll sing karaoke nights i've done just dance streams like if you had asked me to do something like this even a year ago i would have said nope a year ago i wouldn't have even used a webcam wow because i would have been worried that people would see me and like make fun of me and i would get trolls because but but that's because i've got like self-confidence issues with my appearance but that's like a that's a whole different tangent yeah uh we'll talk more on that in the future because me using this face cam for the podcast Mm -hmm. and me using this and not using this face cam for videos is a it's something I'd like to talk about in the future, definitely, because... I think um, we should make an entire just episode of that, or just at least a good subtopic of that. Yeah, I agree. Of just uh, the worry, I guess, of the internet and stuff like that. Yeah. We'll find a way to fit that in somewhere into one of the episodes. I think so, too. Um, I, th- you're, How you're explaining that... it. I can't say I really much so relate. However, um, growing up, I su- I struggled with mild Tourette's and um, a very mm-hmm. bad shaking issue. I'm not sure why that developed in me. Um, I'm sure there was a few things that influenced that, but that I won't speak on. However, um, I, de- I developed a very bad shaking issue and um, Tourette's. I would stutter. Um, just a lot of things that... I don't currently struggle with now as heavily Tourette's. It's kind of a... When my anxiety is really bad, I will have... um, Not an attack, but, like, they flare up. And um, through content creation, it's like... I don't think I would... I would be a very self-conscious... Like, not self-conscious. I'd be a very nervous person. It's, um... It's allowed me to um, break free of, like the person I could have been and right. I'm very grateful for that because not only through content creation or just gaming alone when I was a player um when I was a player I was hyper focused I wouldn't think I wouldn't more or less be devoting that energy into the things I was stressed about or anxiety it was like an escape for me so yeah I would I would stop shaking I, I don't shake no more I don't shake I like the shakes were very very bad um and that just went away and i'm very thankful because again like i said anxiety attacks bring that out of me yeah and um with the threats it, it it's not really something that changed it but um i noticed during that time period of me um gaming for those couple of years i didn't have any issues i thought it completely was away but um yeah. unfortunately it's not however it's not a very big issue um 
Uh, well, isn't it known that Tourette's like it? You have more, I guess, uh, frequent ticks and. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> more. <coughs> I don't know why every time I sneeze, it makes me cough afterwards. Um, sorry. More frequent ticks. Um if you are like really anxious like you have more frequent ones or sometimes they'll be more severe yeah that's or like they're harder to control or not control because i know you shouldn't try to hold your ticks in um because it is worse but i was very that's the thing i was very self-conscious about them because since mm-hmm. i was a very young kid whether it would just be a tick with a swear word or um mm-hmm. just like making a certain noise or twitching in a certain way it was like i try i was embarrassed because right. i didn't i didn't fully understand it and i wasn't being made fun of for it but i was scared of being made fun of for it because yeah. no one around me no one around me understood that you know what i mean it's like i'm still very self-conscious about it. i don't want to be caught having a tick like mm-hmm. because i'm not sure of the reaction and um I, I don't know it's it's definitely not good to hold them in but it's like i'm it's that's that mindset it's like i don't want to of course but at the same time if it is a part of you and it is just you know what happens you'll ultimately your community will love and accept that person and you for who you are because they are essentially there for you that is, you know... That's what I'm working on incorporating. I mean, S- Sweet Anita, for example, is a, is a great, great example. She's a Twitch streamer in the UK, and um, she very, le- very openly has Tourette's. She has dropped N-bombs on stream because of ticks and stuff like that. And, like, she's gotten a lot of hate and backlash. She's had issues with um very bad stalking and stuff like that she's been very very targeted and i'm not trying to say this to scare you which i've just realized that it could be doing but you know the way she's handled it is like inspirational and has probably helped so many kids out there and it's brought so much awareness um to tourette's within this community because predominant before her there wasn't really like predominantly any streamers with Tourette's that were like big that you could look to for inspiration or for comfort um but now there is and so it's people are more educated on it and so I feel like in that sense people will be less judging because we're opening our ears a little bit more and our eyes and we're learning more and we're all becoming a little bit more aware of just okay not everyone is this black and white like perfect mental health perfect body perfect everything you know like yeah everyone has their things their quirks but like it's what makes us human that's what i'm working on incorporating with um my content it's hard though Mm -hmm. because like of course it's not easy especially if you know me or my content you know why this isn't easy you know the community i come from you know the background that i will stem from it will not be easy because this is an ever-changing thing like my 
how I've aimed this has never been stable like me. I've never been um, very orthodox. I've been very unorthodox for a long time with with content especially in approaching this. I want it to be orthodox. I want it to be I want it to be easy to understand for people that will value it. And it mm-hmm. would be very I don't want it to come offsetting either. That's the thing. I don't want it to be offsetting right. and um, unusual. However, I'm not going to let that stop me in the same sense. 100%. I, I, what I will say is, like, don't rush uh, or feel the need to rush yourself to do it because at the, at the end of the day, doing it when you feel ready is the best time to do it. Um, doing it any earlier or any later than that, like, it, it would. it's just going to fill you with regret or... Um, anxious feelings and just won't be good but like overall because i know that it was um like an anxiety of yours just going forward filming the podcast luckily we don't film them live so that if there are parts where we do just frantically need to cut something out then we can do it but like there's still that nervousness and that worry and i mean i had it too initially filming the first few episodes this is the first episode i I handled it um Honestly. I think you've handled it amazingly so far, and I think you can already tell the difference. And we're only three episodes in; like, you can tell the difference between the both of us already. I agree, um, especially with your energy approaching this. I know I haven't, um, I haven't been very um, video communicated with you recently. However, um, you have been mm-hmm. with me, and your energy around it, or just your vibe approaching time to record has been very different which is very not strange but like it was very easy like it put me at ease because i wouldn't like when we initially started i wanted to be like we'll we'll be all right you know what i mean it's like it's gonna like yeah i want to be that wall like a wall so you could like also collapse onto that wall too you wanted to you wanted to be the the support yeah the rock for the both of us yeah i wanted to be the rock so um I was when I came in here all rock like just planting myself down like it's all good. Yeah, I noticed that and it's like earlier I was like I was the one behind schedule and I'm like I don't want her to be stressed. I don't want her to like you know what I mean? It's like I don't wanna have to wait till tomorrow to do this and mm-hmm. cause these like she's I was I thought she's worked all day to like prepare or whatever and it's like no <laughs> i mean no that makes me sound like i haven't prepared i have prepared of no, course no, no, like, no, no, like um I, I like i do my routine and stuff but um i, I i'm notorious i've for years now notoriously been like a night owl in my routine anyway and i have no problem with dedicating as much time as i need to into something that i'm like genuinely passionate about and plus the issues that you had with scheduling was not in your control and so like it you know it's not something that Right, I I was too worried about. I meant it more like as a not mentally, but like, like gearing up, preparing for it. You know what I mean? Right. Like your energy, your vibe. It's like the fact that I just wasn't stressed about being behind schedule. Yeah, it it really it said a lot. And um, well, I mean, we've we've had to do episodes last minute. This week is the first time that we're actually within our new weekly schedule and so if anything we have more time because we're recording this two days earlier technically than we would have usually or one day earlier than we usually would yeah which is probably why i'm so like at ease but yeah yeah i mean i knew that we had the time so i wasn't too worried about it i knew that we would make it work agreed um 
that's what I had to I had to remember is like it's only Tuesday night for me it was at least mm-hmm. it's only Tuesday night is like <clears throat> because earlier I was setting the trash cans out because our trash runs Friday and mm-hmm. it's Tuesday I thought it was Thursday I, I don't know what you just reminded me I don't think we've put the bins out let me just check out the window <laughs> hang on someone did it good god <laughs> I accidentally pulled my chair in and like nudged my desk. Bring the whole damn setup it, down, like, Heather. It, it, everything, everything was like an earthquake for a second. But yeah, I mean, like talking on the point that you were talking about, they like I, I don't know. I find it easier being that kind of support rock beacon for people, or at least in this instance, because I've been doing this sort of thing longer than you have. Yeah. So it's less for me to stress about because i already kind of know what i'm doing like in regards of a mental plan of how everything's structured or just experience in having done it i've done a podcast before i've done like big projects where i've needed people to be like you know on the ball and plus i apparently just naturally have a very leadership-esque to me you, so it i'm not gonna say it screams from you but you are very um <laughs> well organized on the spot which is something a trait that which which i'll surprise you i'm a complete chaotic mess in real life i just i'm a very messy person unorganized uh, yeah ah uh, i mean you wouldn't have thought <coughs> it no definitely not because um at the start of the podcast i'm like hey heather intro and it's like the most proper intro that you would have thought would have been scripted <coughs> you know what i mean it's like, oh yeah i but i mean with with that sort of stuff though i just try to think like okay um i almost go presenter mode <laughs> i don't know i it's why i feel like i was kind of made for this sort of stuff because it does just flow off the tongue like i i i I'm very fortunate that I have friends that kind of like to hype me up and say, I, I remember a friend telling me like, you should go into presenting, you just have a voice for it and the the flow for it right. and the conversation for it. And I was like, oh, I mean, maybe, you know. Yeah, I mean. Just not the news. They seem a bit The news boring. is completely scripted. Scripted, yeah. you know. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being a talk show host, though. No, I mean, hey. If one of them gets cancelled, I would love to take over. You know what I mean? I'm not fussed on which one. They bring people from all over the world for these talk shows in America, which I I love personally because... um, James. James Corden. (laughs) When James Corden first aired, oh, Mm -hmm. that's all I watched. James Corden every night. See no Brits here. There are probably some Brits here, but like Brits don't really watch the late night show with James Corden. We know him for Gavin and Stacey and some sort of sports quiz show that he did back in the day. Really? Back when he was a lot more like British humour, less, um, I want to say corporate, or I guess like... No, that would be the right... Hollywood in his approach, Uh, you know, because now that he's in the States and he's a talk show host... You have to conduct yourself and hold yourself in a, a very different way to just a small-time British actor on a comedy show, you know? Yeah, um, 
I think corporate would probably be the proper, the yeah. most proper way to describe it. I mean, it is it is very corporate, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's not meant to be as an insult or anything. It's more or less um, no, no, a pure. It's just very professional. And... Yeah, that level of professionalism that um, in society is expected, and um, I mean, it opens a lot of doors for people. In the end, I mean, that's kind of why I pulled to what we're doing now. It's because mm-hmm. it, it loses that sense of formality. Especially, like, with... I, I want to present myself professional as I can be, but, like, at the same time, I want to show people that it's okay to be yourself in the same sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, not everything goes how they happen in Hollywood. I had to break... We still want to show you who we are as people without suitcases almost yeah kind of being like we have to conduct things this way that's the beauty of the podcast though is me and you are in complete control of what is added and what we talk about and creative freedom how it's done exactly yes the beauty of it phones away i meant what i said i I wasn't gonna i want to make up for last week's (laughs) editing that was my phone is genuinely like dead dead so it can't be any form of distraction mine's on and then 12%, on, so. on this screen all i see is um my spotify and then music very very quietly you listen to music so i should I do that mm-hmm. <laughs> i should definitely do that because i have a playlist i find it helps me relax if i'm like listening to music and trying to talk about stuff i'm less like overthinking on what i'm talking about then I listen to melodic rap, so I think this, I think that whole playlist would just fit super well with what we're doing. It'd be interesting to learn each other's like go-to podcast playlist. I think we should make one. We should both make a playlist podcast, a podcast playlist of like music that we would listen to while recording, and then we both have to just listen to each other's and and just judge and just or not judge it, but I mean, essentially, it'd be like interesting. Like, I mean. It'd be interesting to see what, like, each other's go-to hype-focused music kind of stuff is. You're going to see a... I won't say... How much Travis Scott am I going to see? Barely any. Oh. Because I, I for one, have been breaking off of Travis Scott for not any personal reasons, but, like, just because. I'm just breaking out to different music tastes because last year all I listened to was trap and rap. And this year I am on R&B, I am on... Uh, hyper pop um i am on not co- hyper pop is something else yeah i'm on rock music and like and some kind of country music but like not to the extent that it's crazy but like uh what was his name um kid rock kind of bounces between country and <laughs> yeah uh what do you call it leonard skinner um kid rock and frankie ballard kind of my uh just bounce between here and there, just a couple songs. Yeah. All right, so jumping all the way back to our original topic, we've really went from Bigfoot to, like, mental health and streaming almost. It's been a... Quite a tangent today. Yeah, it's been a long one. If you're still here, much love. Um, No, but a question Thank to you, you Heather. Thank you, you're a real one. Um, mm-hmm. If the opportunity was ever presented to you, would you go Bigfoot hunting? Just for, like, maybe a couple days? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, because, but only because, or not only because, but, like, I would have to go to the States or Canada. No, yeah. 
because I, I don't think there would there's no mine tank area uh, bigfoot, for bigfoot hunting to with be mine tank or something you know what i mean like i would do it would if hilarious. you ever if you want to if you were to if if covid did you know gets gone per- yeah gets gone um, if covid permits i think if covid permits maybe one day i think that would be pretty we fun we can uh we could go we, uh, <gasps> wait hang on i've just had it wait we're gonna have to talk about this in court after the podcast end now because i've just had a big idea burst all right cool, you've cool. just ignited my flame all right no but yeah um that's gonna do it for this podcast guys if you've made it this far so much love to you guys all the recent support on this podcast whether that be from spotify youtube twitter appreciate you beyond words can describe honestly um again you can check out our spotify and our twitter there'll be links down in the description below be sure to follow us over there be sure to leave us thumbs up on this video and comment some ideas or just feedback you have on the podcast in general as this is a very different approach um and yeah we'll see you guys next week for the next podcast